in his holy side he will hold me fast he'll not let my soul be lost his promises shall last bought by him at such a cost he will hold me fast he will hold me fast. He will hold me fast, for my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast, for my Savior loves me so. He will hold He bled and died Christ will hold me fast Justice has been satisfied He will hold me fast Raised with Him to endless life He will hold me fast Till our faith has time to sight when he comes at last he will hold me fast he will hold me fast for my savior loves me so he will hold me fast he will hold me fast he will hold me fast for my Savior loves me so, He will hold me fast. Lord, we thank you that you will hold us fast. We are reminded over and again in your word through the words of the Lord Jesus, that who the Father has given to the Son, 
no man shall pluck from his hand. We're also reminded in the word, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. As we look to the end of the age, we hold fast to our Lord as he holds fast to us. And so, Lord, I want to lift that up to us this morning. And, Lord, as Pastor Jason comes and leads with some scripture and preaches the message you have placed upon his heart and mind, Lord, I pray you would give him freedom. Lord, speak to him with clarity. And, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will do a most gracious work here today. We ask you, hold fast to us, Lord. And we pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor Larry. Uh, one of my favorite songs. Uh, if that song doesn't lead you to worship, I don't know what will. But uh, I'm glad to be able to come today to open God's Word. I want to thank Tyler um, for reading the Scripture. I'm just a little bit ago from James chapter 1. Those were verses 2 through 18. And uh, we're going to look at those uh, here um, for the next few moments and just kind of uh, think about and talk about um, having hope in troubling times. Having hope in troubling times. You know, uh, I, I would say uh, most people would probably agree that we live um, in troubling times right now. Um, we live in a time of a global pandemic um, where we have uncertainty about health. We live in a time that is full of political and social unrest, where we have concerns uh, and uncertainty about our safety and security. And we live in a time that um, we hear talk of economic uh, uncertainty and financial uncertainty. Um, just troubled times. You know, it's, it is easy to look at our world and become overwhelmed. When you turn on TV and social media, um, every time you, you turn that on, um, you, all you see is how many people were sick today, how many people went to the hospital, how many people died, or there was a riot in this town, or there were riots in, in that city. Um, you hear about the economy failing. Um, you hear about how politicians are ruining the world and the country. It is easy to become overwhelmed and have a sense of gloom and depression. And I just want to talk about a truth that I learned um, years ago this morning about having hope in troubling times. You know, years ago, and um, it was election time, and it wasn't this past election, um, but this, this has been some years back. Um, you know, I had been listening to the news and the radio um, leading up to the election, and, you know, uh, the election didn't turn out the way that I wanted, and I just kind of had this sense of doom and gloom. I mean, you know, some of that came from, from all the, the voices I was letting speak into me other than Scripture. You know, uh, every talking head during every election will say, this is the most important election of all time. I've been able to vote since uh, um, 1998, and every single election I voted in, that was the rhetoric leading up to it. And when we let those voices speak into our hearts and into our minds, when things don't go the way we think they should, it can lead us to... Um, a place of just uncertainty um, and a place of turmoil. And our, you know, through that, that, one of those first elections that I voted in um, and felt that way, um, just through some, some talk from, from my pastor and a couple of other uh, good Christian friends, they reminded me of a truth. 
And that truth is that this world is not our home. And God is still in control no matter what's going on. No matter if there's a global pandemic. No matter if we don't like what's going on in politics. Um, no matter what kind of uncertainty we have. And we have the truth that this world is not our home. No matter where we fail or fall on the political, social, or economic spectrum. If you listen to all the voices of this world, it will bring you a feeling of devastation and hopelessness. But remember what Christ said in John 16 and 33. He said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, take heart, he has overcome the world. Two things that we take, can take from this verse is number one, we will experience the trouble of this world we will expect it expect as a Christ follower that we will go through the troubles of this world things won't always make sense things won't always go just the way that we like it we will experience trouble as a matter of fact if you never experience trouble in this world um, due to your faith Maybe we need to take some self-reflection and ask God, am I in your will? Because one thing that Christ promised and told us is that we will, we will have tribulation and trouble in this world um, as we serve him. But also he promised us, number two, he said that Christ has overcome the world. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome this world and he proved that by defeating sin and death and the grave when he was crucified on our behalf and when he was risen from the dead to show us that he defeated sin and death and the grave and that he has overcome anything that this world can throw at us. He is always with us. The word says he will never leave us nor forsake us. We can have peace no matter what is going on in this world um, when we remember that Christ has overcome the world and that we remember that this world is not our home. Let's look at 1 Peter 2 verses 11 and 12. 1 Peter 2 11 and 12 says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. We need to stop letting the things of the world dominate our thoughts and our worries. Jesus, or Peter here says um, that we are just sojourners in this world. In other words, we're just passing through this world. Um, the troubles of this world that we face today, they're going to be gone very soon. Um, you know, when we think about eternity, our time here um, on this world is very brief. Um, all these things that get us worked up, get us upset, give us that feeling of uncertainty, um, that feeling of, uh, of not knowing how we're going to get through a situation, all those things, um, in the end, they won't matter. And look, I'm not saying don't engage in culture. Um, but even Paul himself talked about engaging in culture. Paul said in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 9, verses 19 through 23, he said, Though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. 
To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. So why do we engage culture? Why do we want to be involved in what's going on in this world? Not for our betterment. Um, not for our own personal gain, but for one reason, and that is to advance the gospel, to share the message that Christ has given to us as believers, to tell this world that Jesus loves them, that we are all lost and sinners, separated from God because of our own sin, but Jesus came and died on the cross in our place so that we could be made right with him. That's why we engage culture, to seek opportunity to advance the gospel. Not for anything personal, any kind of personal gain, but only to advance the gospel. You see, the troubles of this world are going to be gone. They're going to be gone very soon. And the only thing that will matter is Christ. The only thing that will matter is my relationship and your relationship with Christ and the people out there, their relationship with Christ and whether we have taken the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Far too often, we destroy our witness to make a point that will very soon have absolutely zero impact, absolutely zero importance. This world is not our home. As believers, we should have a peace and contentment. We have a hope that transcends our circumstances. We have a hope that transcends what's happening in the world. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. This peace we can have is because of our hope in Christ. Christ will bring us through any trials, any suffering, and any uncertainty we face. And you know, that verse talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And there's really no way to explain that peace unless you have experienced it yourself. Um, as a Christ follower, when you go through something, that there's just no way you could make it through without this Holy Spirit in your life. And if that's happened to you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there's really no way to explain that to someone other than just to give Christ all the honor and all the glory. And through that, he gives us the opportunity um, to tell others about him. So as we get ready to look into uh, to the first chapter of James this morning, um, I want us to do that with, with the mindset of looking for hope in troubled times. And before we get into that text, I just want to take just a moment um, to lift up a word of prayer. Father, we pray that this morning you would speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that as we look into this text, you would challenge us, or you would show us where we can grow, 
Lord, I know this week you have uh, challenged me through this text. And Lord, I pray that um, we would just honor you. And Lord, we give this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk about trouble, uh, faith and having hope in troubling times. Troubling times produce growing faith. Troubling times produce growing faith. Verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, any kind of growth requires um, some bit of uncomfortableness, some bit of pain, whether that be um, physical growth and exercising. Um, without pain, you will have no benefit from exercising. Um, I think about uh, pruning uh, plants. Um, you have to you know, cut the plant, injure the plant for new growth um, to take place. I think about as well um, growing pains over the last year. Uh, Tyler has grown uh, a good bit over six inches. Um, and, you know, all throughout the year, he would occasionally say, my legs hurt, my arms hurt, my back hurts. And he was having growing pains. Uh, he, like I said, he grew over six inches in one year, which is, which is a lot. We have a little, uh, on one of the door rails in the house, we have little marks um, from where he's grown over the years. And the one this year is like this much. Um, so he experienced growing pains, but growing, any kind of growth, um, do, uh, it does not come without some sort of discomfort um, and pain. And the more I think about it, um, the more I'm convinced um, is that is what needs to take place um, now in the church universal. Um, we have been comfortable for far too long. Um, there, there's, there's too much uh, talk, and over the ages there, and years there have been too much talk uh, of preference-driven um, things splitting churches and, and causing turmoil in churches, things like music or service time or, uh, or color of the carpet. And you hear these stories all over the place, and we're not too immune to them um, here either. Um, for far too long, we've been too comfortable. Um, our churches have not been growing spiritually, and, and I think that through the troubling times we live in right now, the more and more that I think about it, I, I truly believe that Christ um, is using these troubling times to grow his church, to remind us of our true calling and our true purpose and the things that are truly important um, rather than the things of preference. You know, I think most of us recognize that glorifying Christ and serving him is the primary function of the church, but sometimes we struggle to live that out. We must ask ourselves on what do we spend the majority of our time when it concerns the things of the church? Do we spend our time on our preferences, on the things we like and dislike, or, we just, or do we spend our time um, seeing how and seeking how we can glorify and serve God? Sometimes God uses troubling times to grow us beyond our comforts. Verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave, a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable 
in all his ways. I'm going to talk about what um, this means when it talks about doubt and being double-minded. Um, I like what the NLT, the New Living Translation, um, says in this verse. It says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are unstable in everything they do. Um, you know, this is talking about putting our hope in things other than Christ, dividing where we put our hope, dividing where our loyalty is when it comes to um, the hope we have in this world. Quite often, we find ourselves looking to other things alongside of Christ um, for our hope and for our security. You know, we sang just a little, little bit ago, The Solid Rock. Um, and the first uh, line in that song is, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But I think uh, far too often our words and our actions may proclaim, My hope is built on a bunch of mess. And maybe Jesus' blood, if everything works out the way that I like it. A lot of times how we react to what's going on in the world proclaims that rather than my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Far too often we place our hope on things like success and finances and relationships and our status or our possessions or our government. You know, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in culture and in politics. But I, be I believe as long as we have the ability to be involved and engaged, we should be. The problem is, when it becomes our main priority in life, our only source of hope, it is an idol. If a Christian can readily recite the major talking points of his political leanings, but cannot clearly share the gospel with someone, they need to repent and get in the word. Our main calling, our only calling as believers is to spread the word of Christ. That is our number one calling. That is where our hope is found, in Christ. We have to take care that we are not double-minded, that we are, our loyalty is not divided. Talking about trust, trusting Christ. Christ is on the throne. He is in control. He is our only source of hope. No politician, no doctor, no lawyer, no, no person of influence is ever going to give us hope for this world. Only Christ. We are lowly. We are nothing. God is supreme. It's all about him. Verses 9 through 11. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with his scorching heat. And withers the grass. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. The world is fading away. You know, as Pastor Larry said, the Lord's turn, return is imminent. Whether he comes back today or a thousand years from today, his return is imminent. In the scope of all eternity, no matter how long it takes him to return 
It's just a minute little, little part um, compared to eternity. This world is fading. Eternity is soon. We need to focus on what's really important. And that's where we stand with Christ and where the people he puts in our influence stand with Christ. Troubling times reveal our dependence on God. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Testing reveals our dependence on God. I can tell you that this past year has been a tremendous test and struggle for all of us. I, I feel um, confident that you would, would agree with that. I know for, for us here at the church, it has been a tremendous uh, test and struggle. Um, I know for Larry and myself, trying to figure out when and what to do during this pandemic has been one of the most uncertain and toughest uh, things we've had to work through. Um, they, don't, they don't have a class on that um, in seminary. Um, they didn't really uh, uh, expect a pandemic to happen, and, and neither did we. Um, the only preparation we have is just um, trying to, to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Quite often it seems impossible to figure out um, what the right thing to do is. And I will tell you personally, it has certainly helped um, to revitalize my dependence on being in God's Word and being in prayer. Um, testing in troubling times reveals and reminds us of our dependence on God. And also, uh, many, many of you have reached out to us with kind words of support. And I can't tell you how, uh, how encouraging that has been, how that has, has helped us uh, um, to be confident and encouraged and trying to make decisions of what to do. But this year has just been tough for everyone. Um, and I, I hope that it has reminded you as well as it has me um, of our dependence on Christ. Testing reveals how much we really need God. But it also reminds us that a better day is coming. Whether or not we see the end of a pandemic in our time or um, better economic times or, or better political times, a better day is coming. When Christ returns, it will be a glorious day. And all the troubles of this world will be gone. Um, and that is, that is an encouraging thought. Troubling times also produce discipline. There is a danger in troubling times. We must be on guard against temptation. Verses 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. You know, temptation and sin comes from within us. It does not come from God. That verse there says it literally comes from our own desire. And adversity tends to reveal our shortcomings. But when each person is tempted, he is allured and enticed by his own desire. You see, we are, we are rotten. Sin will ensnare us, and we will, we will use any excuse to fall back into sin if we do not listen to the Holy Spirit in our life. We have to be on constant guard. If we are not guarding our hearts, we will give in to sin. And verse 15 says, Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings death. We are at war with ourselves. Christ has forgiven us and set us free from sin. 
But our old self sometimes doesn't want to give up. James says in chapter 4, 1 and 2, What causes quarrel and causes fights among you? It is not this, or is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. We have a war going on inside of ourselves. And when we go through difficult times, um, those things that we normally can hide and we normally can ignore um, tend to surface. And I believe that's the way that God uses testing to grow us. Um, He reveals our sin to us. um, And then we have the opportunity um, to grow um, in our faith and to put those sinful things away. Adversity reveals our sinful tendencies. How do we overcome this? Well, by the Holy Spirit. Um, Over the past few weeks, uh, since we haven't been having Sunday school, Pastor Larry and myself um, have been recording some children's Sunday schools that air at 11.15. And uh, we do that during the week. Uh, The curriculum we've been using is the Gospel Project for Kids. And this unit we've been doing has been um, on the Holy Spirit And the question that they call the big picture question over the whole unit is, how does the Holy Spirit help Christians? And the answer to that that we've worked through is the Holy Spirit comforts us, shows us our sin, and guides us as we live for God's glory. Far too often, we try to rely on our own ability rather than allowing God to work in us. And that works in two folds. Um, That works with salvation far too often when the Lord's dealing with someone um, to to follow him. um, It's easy to fall into that line, that trap of, I've got to clean myself up first before um, I get right with the Lord, before I become a Christian. I've got to clean myself um, up. And the Bible tells us that even our best, our our best righteousness is like filthy rags to him. We can't clean ourselves up. The Holy Spirit reveals our sin and our brokenness and leads us to submit to Christ and then he cleans us up and that's called sanctification and quite often um, we try to rely on ourselves for sanctification for um, cleaning ourselves up and for growing in Christ after we've become a believer we may know we have a sin that plagues us and we're like I got to do better I got to do better I got to do better without uh, falling on the knees before the Lord um, and praying for him um, through the Holy Spirit to work in our heart and, and help us to grow. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit. God has given us spiritual disciplines to help us grow during times of trouble and resist temptation. James uh, 1:16 16-18 says, Do not be deceived, my brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, not coming down from the Father or sorry, I'm coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own he will be brought, or of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. He's given us the word of truth. He has given us his word. You know, one thing that, uh, that happens to us during times of Um, trouble and times of tribulation um, is God can use those times to help um, reinforce the spiritual disciplines in our life. Number one, the spiritual discipline of being in God's word, of being in prayer, of being committed to worship, of being committed to serving him. You know, being in God's word, we we have a blessing this day and age 
um, that is unlike any other time in history. You know, it wasn't that long ago um, when most people couldn't get a, a copy of a single little snippet of God's Word um, in their home. It hasn't been that long ago. Um, and now we have the Word available everywhere. We have printed Word. We have it on our computer. We have it on our phone. On your phone, you can download the Bible app, which has um, dozens of translations. So you can get it in a translation um, that is on whatever reading level, whether you're a child or a scholar. Um, we have got access to God's Word like never before. And He has called us um, to be disciplined in reading His Word. In reading His Word. I can't tell you how many times I've talked with people who have gotten into God's Word when they never really had in the past. Um, and just how it's just great to see the excitement of someone who is being in God's Word and learning and growing through, read, through being committed to the spiritual disciplines, particularly reading of God's Word. And we even have a plan that's printed on the back of the bulletin every week um, to read through the Word um, in, a, in a year. I would encourage you, um, be committed to read through God's Word. So in conclusion, we are living in troubling times, but we can take heart in knowing that Jesus has already overcome all the troubles this world has to offer. So let's seek to grow in our personal faith and as a church as we continue to live through the times that God has placed us in. You know, we don't get to choose the time in history in which we live. That's not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. So let's choose to use the circumstances of this world to grow personally in our faith, but to grow as a church, to grow in our mission that Christ has given us, the mission to go and to spread the gospel, to display to the world that peace that pass, surpasses all understanding that we read about in Philippians chapter 4. It tells us in that verse, I'll read it again, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What are we thankful for? What do we have to be thankful for um, in times that are troubling and tough? What has God done for you in your life? Maybe he's brought you through something. But one thing he has done, if you are a believer, if you are a Christ follower, he has freed you from sin. And, you know, if you're here today or you're watching online and you don't know um, if you've ever been set free from sin, I want you to know that in the, you know, in the very beginning, God created, created this world to be perfect and created us to be in perfect relationship with Him. But because of sin and disobedience, that relationship was broken. And the Bible tells us that on our own, we are separated forever from God. There's nothing we can, be, we can do to be made right with God. But, you know, and, and this is one of the things I say to the students all the time. He could have stopped right there. He could have left us in our sin and in our lostness. He still would have been a perfect, holy, and just God. But he loves us. 
And because he loves us, he sent his one and only son to live a life we could never live, a life without sin, so that he could pay our debt that we earn because of sin by dying on the cross, dying the death that we deserve so that we could be made right with God. So if you're here today and you've never asked Christ to forgive you, you've never cried out to Christ um, to, to save you from your sin, we would love to talk with you. If you're watching online and would like for us to visit with you or call you or pray for you, um, please call the church office or send us a message. We, if, if God is dealing with you, we, want, uh, we, want, we are here for you and we want to pray with you um, and tell you how Christ can save you from your sin. But if Christ has saved you, that's what we have to be thankful for. That's what drives us. That's what um, gets, keeps us going through troubling times. So as we uh, close on those thoughts, I just want to pray this morning. And we're going to close with a, with a hymn. Earlier we sang um, The Solid Rock. And uh, we're just going to sing that softly, just a couple of verses. And, and I want us to really focus on those words. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you that no matter what this world sends our way, Lord, we can have a peace that makes zero sense to the rest of the world. We can have a peace in our hearts that only comes from you and your spirit and the comfort that your spirit gives us and the confidence in knowing that no matter how bad it gets, a better day is coming. Lord, we know one day all who have trusted in Christ will be with you in heaven. And we look forward to that day. Lord, whether you return today or a thousand years from now, we know that time is coming. And we rejoice in that. Lord, I pray if you're dealing with anyone about giving their life to you, that, uh, that they wouldn't rest until they have uh, reached out and, 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 Lord, called out to you. So, Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, uh, stand with me as we sing the solid rock. is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. The ground is sinking sand. Let's sing verse 2. When darkness tries his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking sand.